Welcome to Unity Community. Thank you for your powerful prayers. Tech support appreciates it. <laughs> let's, let's start out with our mission statement and then we're going to do some chants and that'll give you plenty of time to enter your celebrations. We are a vibrant, welcoming, multi-generational, prosperous community embodying love and awakening spiritual consciousness. And wherever you are in the world watching us, we are so happy that you are with us. And whatever spiritual community you're from, we are happy that you are with us. So let's move into chants. Good morning, Unity. Hello out there all over the world. Good morning. I used to stand there with a bunch of people, so I'll say that again, assuming you weren't loud enough like you're not usually on the first time. <laughs> Good morning, Unity! Good morning! Hey, I heard you this time. We're going to do a special song. It was written by my friend Aaron McNaughton up in uh, Seattle. So let's do this one. I sing a prayer with everything I've got to know So I can magnify the glory of the one i got a light of shadows with the spirit Father of creation, Mother of the Son. I sing a prayer to every name of God I know, and each name's another window to the soul. Tell me your name, and we will be I send my love over the mountains. I send my love over the sea. I send my love into the heavens. And it will, then it returns to me. Simple, here we go. I send my love over the mountains. I send my love. 
Beautiful, soul shine. Let's give him a hand. And now for celebrations. Who's got a celebration? Dave, I know you have I one. Do, I do, I do, I do. I'm excited about this one. Um, Jane sent me an email from the writer of that song and me of a chance, Karen Drucker, saying, hey, if you need any songs for this, you know, virtual services, please send me an email. And I wrote to Karen. I said, our original minister had all the books, and I missed them. She took them with her. She goes, well, I'm going to have to fix that. And I want to send you everything. So she emailed me all the CDs and all the books. I have everything she's ever written. And I've been talking to Karen on email. So hi, Karen, if you're watching. <laughs> and uh, it was I feel very blessed to have the support of other musicians like that. Oh, awesome. wow. That is so great. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> Do we have any more celebrations from the crowd watching? should be on a screen. There you go. Yeah? There you are. Okay. Hi. I feel like I've like the Saturday Night Live, the little newsroom on the side. So, yes, I've been monitoring some celebrations. Thank you guys for putting them in. I have lots of celebrations for toilet paper. Some people found toilet paper. <laughs> I had friends share toilet paper with them. Um, Mita had some people bring her some soup and help her out with some things. Sylvia has some new clients. Chris is just grateful for peace and love for everyone everywhere. Blaze got to have a virtual play date with one of his kindergarten friends, so he's super excited about that. Um, Lisa is celebrating that Mother Earth is getting a little bit of a break and already showing some amazing signs of healing. And Leah with her artist community. So yeah, lots of cool celebrations out there. We miss you all. So let's move into some prayer. One of the beautiful side benefits of what we're going through right now is that people are praying in unison all over the world. And I know we've shared some of those on Facebook in the group, and you've seen them wherever you see them, but it's, it's just a steady stream of worldwide prayer that is happening. And prayer is powerful. So right now, from wherever you are, let's just go into prayer together and know this truth. There is only one presence, only one power in all of the cosmos. We call that God. We call that divinity. We call that all that is. We call that many names, many faces. And yet, that power is good. We claim now that this experience is evolving to the highest good. We don't claim to know what that is, but we wrap everyone who is in this experience in that knowing of good. And we see the lesson that needs to be learned, learned. We see people healing. We see our society evolving to a higher form that allows us to love one another more completely because that is our great commandment. We claim that our prayers are so powerful that they can create this heaven that we foresee on earth now. We give thanks we give thanks knowing that our prayer has that power because we are one with the creator of all that is. And so we release this prayer into the ethers, allowing it to do its beautiful work. And we say together, amen. See what this is, our new prayer song.
be getting back to you and joining you in prayer. We have a wonderful team of prayer leaders, and they are so happy to pray with you. So if you give your contact information, they will get back to you personally. And if you don't want a personal prayer, then you can just put in your prayer, and the whole team will be praying with you. So let's say our um, affirmation now. Love is our ultimate reality, everywhere present and whole. It radiates abundantly and continually, creates good in my life and in the world. As we gratefully acknowledge the presence and power of love now, we see the people and circumstances we hold in prayer healed and illumined by love, and so it is. So let's move into a time of meditation together. <clears throat> This is a time of stopping. We are being forced to stop so many of the things, things that we love, things that we need, things that we don't love but we do. And so in this meditation, let's practice just stopping. Stopping everything but our breath and being together in this space where doing is not what we celebrate, but simply being. And even this, though this is a brief interlude, it has great power. You have great power when you turn away and you stop everything that you think you're supposed to be doing and you just sit in your essence. You are powerful beyond all imagining. I really encourage each one of us to use this time to deepen our practice of meditation and trust that the benefit to our world will be huge. And now we move into the music and message. Mm -hmm. 
take this badge off of me I can't use it anymore It's getting too dark to dark to see I believe I must be knocking on heaven's door. Not knocking on heaven's door. Not knocking on heaven's door. didn't get the door open, nothing will. (laughs) 
So, knocking on heaven's door, I love this song, and, and I got so excited as I was thinking about it from a metaphysical point of view. So, first of all, heaven's door, what is that? Heaven is not a place, it's a state of being. It's a state of consciousness, and it's an expanded, higher level of consciousness. So, in this song, it's a song sung by an outlaw. And what is an outlaw? An outlaw is someone who is living outside of the law. The law is the way the cosmos is designed to work. So love one another, that is a law of the cosmos. And this guy who's singing the song is living outside of that law and probably many others. He's living outside the law of abundance. He feels like he has to take everything from, with violence. So this is a song of our society. And we are all members of that society. We may be living in a higher state of consciousness that's, than some others in our society, but we're all part of it because we're all one. And so there is something in us that is living outside of the law. And that path has taken the character who's singing the song and our society alike to a point where we're down on our knees, where we have lost the things that are so important to us, where we don't see how we can continue, where we're really scared, where we are starting to get that our guns, which are symbolic of taking by force without consideration for others, whether it be the earth or our fellow humans or the animals. It's not working, and we're finally getting that. And we're saying, Mama, Pachamama, take these guns from me. Take this way of being from me. This is what happens in the 12-step program, when people realize that we have come to a point where we have no control over what we are doing. And we realize that we need to turn to a higher consciousness. There is a higher consciousness, and if we will just surrender to it, that we can create a different life. And there are 12-steppers all over the world who have found this to be true, who have a beautiful life today because they took this step. And in a way, they are pathfinders so that now we as a society can say, look at the mess we have created. We have no control over our own behavior. We need to step away from this kind of thinking and turn to a higher level of consciousness. That is the only thing that will save us. And so we turn to mama. Mother God, Pachamama, however you think of that, we are turning, asking for help. And Mama comes. But she comes in the form of the Hindu goddess Kali. Kali, who is the giver of life and the giver of death and destruction, who says, you won't be doing this anymore. You asked for freedom. I will set you free. But we don't enjoy her medicine. We don't enjoy it even a little bit. But it's important. And if we can see that this is the great goddess Kali, or whatever name you call her, that this is medicine for our times, it will help to ease our suffering. There's a story that you probably remember from childhood about Jack and the Beanstalk. The story is so interesting. It begins where Jack is living with his mom. She's a single mother, like many of you. The father was killed by a giant many years ago, and all of their riches were taken away. So 
here they find themselves as a family in dire straits. The things that they counted on for their livelihood have been stripped. Many of us are in that situation now. Jobs have been stripped away. Health has been stripped away. We can't be with our families. They are in a dire situation. And their last resource, their cow, the mama says to Jack, take it to the market, see what you can get for it. It's all we have left. Metaphysically, the cow represents our human idea of how we can succeed in the world. And this is the last vestige of the ego's attempt to be okay. So off Jack goes to the market, and on the way, he meets this strange character. And the character says, oh, nice cow, I will give you magic beans. Now, we all know how that story goes. Jack, Jack is like the wise fool. Jack makes the trade. There's something in him that says, yes, there's magic. That's what we need. And so he takes the beans, not money, and goes back to his mother. Now, his mother is representing the consciousness that thinks it's about money, that thinks it's about the material world. And when he shows up with magic beans, she is royally pissed. And she <laughs> takes those beans and she throws them out the door where they land in the yard. She wants none of that. But the story goes on. The next morning, those beads, because they are magic, have taken root and they have sprouted. And there is this huge beanstalk that has grown way up into the sky, past the clouds. You can't see the top of it. So Jack, like any good young boy would do, sees something to climb and starts climbing. And he doesn't know where he's going, but the beanstalk represents the route to higher consciousness. So that route might be acts of kindness, it might be meditation, it might be prayer. But it's a way to get our consciousness to a higher place. When he gets up there, he finds a castle. It's a huge land. It's a beautiful place in our consciousness. The only trouble with it is that there's a giant who's living there. In fact, the very giant who stole all the riches that had belonged to this family before. Jack has to employ his trickery which is a form of wisdom. He has to be brave. He has to call on qualities of his heart and soul. And through doing that, he is able to regain the riches that come from a higher plane. And in escaping back down the beanstalk, he is bringing the gifts of heaven to earth. And in the process, he has to destroy the giant. The giant is this elusive conception that there is something that can destroy us. This is not true. We need to deny the power of that. Even if we or someone we love or many people on the earth die from this virus, we cannot be destroyed. They cannot be destroyed. They continue to exist in a plane of higher consciousness. And we need to hold on to that and know that is truth. Jesus, in the Bible, talked about there was someone who wanted to follow him. They could see he was clearly a person of great power. That he was, he was creating miracles of healing that he spoke words of wisdom, that he radiated love. And this person wanted, wanted what he was having. He said, 
let me be your disciple. And he said, okay, just give your money away to the poor and come and follow me. And the man looked at him and he said, what? But it's, it's my money, my precious. Can't, <laughs> we can't let go of that. And it's not that money is bad. The Bible never said money is the root of all evil. The Bible says the love of money is the root of all evil. It's the attachment to it. It's really that, my precious. And you see what happened to Smeagol. When you're so attached to something, you lose everything. And Jesus was saying, let go of the attachment to it. Focus on what's important. And the man could not do that. And he walked away sadly, forsaking the kingdom of heaven, which Jesus was teaching is right here, right now, within us. Not someday, somewhere, but here and now. The whole idea of heaven has been distorted in society because the ego likes to measure and separate. And so religious leaders in history got the idea that some were chosen and some were not. There is the ego at work and society. And that continues to this day. The truth is, we are all chosen. We are all having access to the kingdom of heaven within. We all have the opportunity to be free. Going back to fairy tales again, I was reflecting on how in every fairy tale, or many fairy tales at least, there are a set of three, three brothers or three sisters. And there is some quest that has to be performed. The first two go out, and they're always arrogant, right? They want, they're focused on money, they're focused on winning a war, they're focused on just showing how great they are and becoming king. They're all ego-based, those first two. And they think that they're powerful, and the parent figure thinks that they're powerful and puts all their trust in them. And as they go along, they come to some character on the side of the road, usually an old man or an old woman, who just looks kind of weird. Like, what would that person know? Why would I listen to them? Have you known anybody in your life that looks a little weird? that you have decided couldn't possibly have any wisdom? And yet, perhaps they do. Well, in the fairy tales, they always ignore that person on the side of the road, sometimes very, very rudely, but they move on and don't listen to what the wisdom that that character had to offer. Instead, they go on, usually, to their great demise. Sometimes they're killed, sometimes they're captured, different things happen, none of them good, because they didn't listen to the wisdom that that character had to offer. And then along comes the third sibling. The third sibling is usually one who is not wired for power and fame, who is in tune to the earth, to the plants, to the animals who is usually referred to as a simpleton, a Cinderella, somebody who is not given respect by the ego characters of the two elder siblings. And even the parent has doubts about this one. Uh, you know, this one doesn't really have the go get em that is needed. This one doesn't have the ability to go forward and get the prize, they're not well motivated. But being out of resources, the parent finally agrees to let the third one go. And the third one comes to the same character on the side of the road. And when the character offers help or asks for help, like maybe do you have anything to eat? 
where the other two just ignored and did not share what they had, the third one, who usually has less to begin with, shares whatever he or she has with the person on the side of the road. And in return, the person on the side of the road gives them something. It might be a magic cape, it might be a flask, who knows, it's something, something magical that will come in useful later. Kindness is rewarded. And on the character goes and succeeds in the quest. So this is a template for us. As we go along, we are going to meet these characters in life in consciousness that we need to listen to, but we don't like what they represent. We don't like what they say. So I want to read you a couple of examples of the kinds of messages that they give. One is a poem written by the poet Rumi. This being human is a guest house. Every morning, a new arrival, a joy, a depression, a meanness. Some momentary awareness comes as an unexpected visitor. Welcome and attend them all, even if they're a crowd of sorrows who violently sweep your house empty of its furniture. Still, Treat each guest honorably. He may be clearing you out for some new delight. The dark thought, the shame, the malice. Meet them at the door laughing and let them in. So all the emotions that you're feeling right now about coronavirus, this crazy guy, Rumi, at the side of the road is saying, welcome it in! Let it be good. And we are thinking, you are nuts. We don't like that message. We don't like the consequences that we are experiencing from this. We are, we are saying, it's not my fault. It's not fair. And Rumi is saying, if you will listen to my wisdom, whatever it is, welcome it. Trust that the cosmos is always conspiring for our good, even when it doesn't look that way. Even when we have something like a fever, a fever seems like a bad thing and we want to get the fever down, but I remember when my kids were little teaching them, oh, that's your soldiers. Your soldiers are fighting an infection. They're fighting to make you well. A fever can be a good thing. We have the power to call this is good. We are the referees in the games of our lives, and we can call it good. Here's another one. This is an imagined letter from COVID-19 to humans written by Kristen Flintz. Stop. Just stop. It is no longer a request. It's a mandate. We will help you. We will bring the supersonic high-speed merry-go-round to a halt. We will stop the planes, the trains, the schools, the malls, the meetings, the frenetic, furied rush of illusions and obligations that keep you from hearing our single and shared beating heart. The way we breathe together in unison. Our obligation is to each other as it has always been even if, even though, you have forgotten. We will interrupt this broadcast, the endless cacophonous broadcast of divisions and distractions, to bring you this long-breaking news. We are not well. None of us, all of us, are suffering. Last year, the firestorms that scorched the lungs of the earth did not give you pause nor the typhoons in Africa, China, Japan, nor the fevered climates in Japan and India. You have not been listening. 
It is hard to listen when you are so busy all the time, hustling to uphold the comforts and conveniences that scaffold your lives. But the foundation is giving way, buckling under the weight of your needs and desires. We will help you. We will bring the firestorms to your body. We will bring the fever to your body. We will bring the burning, searing, and flooding to your lungs that you might hear, we are not well. Despite what you might think or feel, we are not the enemy. We are messenger. We are ally. We are a balancing force. We are asking you to stop, to be still, to listen, to move beyond your individual concerns and consider the concerns of all, to be with your ignorance, to find your humility, to relinquish your thinking minds and travel deep into the mind of the heart, to look up into the sky streaked with fewer planes and see it, to notice its condition, clear, smoky, smoggy, rainy? How much do you need it to be healthy so that you may be healthy also? To look at a tree and see it, to notice its condition, how does its health contribute to the health of the sky, to the air you need to be healthy? To visit a river and see it, to notice its condition, clear, clean, murky, polluted? How much do you need it to be healthy so that you may also be healthy? How does its health contribute to the health of the tree who contributes to the health of the sky so that you may be healthy? Many are afraid now. Do not demonize your fear and also do not let it rule you. Instead, let it speak to you in your stillness. Listen for its wisdom. What might it be telling you about what is at work, at issue, at risk, beyond the threads, threats of personal inconvenience and illness? As the health of a tree, a river, the sky, tells you about quality of your own health, what might the quality of your health tell you about the health of the rivers, the trees, the sky, and of all of us who share this planet with you. Stop. Notice if you are resisting. Notice what you are resisting. Ask why. Stop. Just stop. Be still. Listen. Ask us what we might teach you about illness and healing, about what might be required so that all may be well. We will help you if you listen. All of this is giving us a template for how we may go forward and heal not just for ourselves, but for our planet. We have to begin with acknowledging what is, acknowledging our feelings, allowing ourselves to feel our feelings and not pretend that we're not feeling them. We have to let go of what we have been doing, the habits that have not been healthy. Along the way, we have to let go of other things that are really hard, I can't see my grandson anymore, and I am so sad. One of my minister friends is married to a doctor, and they have two small children, and he comes in the house, and they can't hug him. She can't sleep in the same bed with him anymore because every day he comes in having been exposed to this virus in the hospital. Another one of my minister friends is realizing that her daughter has been exposed, her daughter who lives with her. 
and that she may have to start preparing for death because she's been a smoker for 40 years. And all of those warnings that came along, she did not listen to. And now her lungs are probably not strong enough to survive this if she catches it. People are facing things like this. People are finding out that their loved ones have the virus and they can't go to see them. They can't be at their bedside. People are suffering and it is real and we need to accept that and not sugarcoat it and allow ourselves to feel our feelings. But we are not meant to marinate in them. We feel our feelings and then we turn our attention, we knock at heaven's door and we open ourselves to a higher consciousness. We climb that beanstalk, whatever we need to do. We get our minds into union with all that is good and whole and loving. And if we will do that, heaven's door will open Jesus said, whoever knocks, the door will be opened. Knock means demand, claim. I am part of this, this all. I deserve to be here. If we will do this, we will be set free. We will be released, not just from our personal suffering, but from the suffering and the insanity that our planet has been racked with for too long. Not because of any ill will on our part, but because we're part of something that we're trapped in. And it's time to lay down those guns. It's time to be released.
standing next to me in this lonely crowd. It's a man who swears he's not to blame. All day long I hear him cry out so Thank you so much. Our light is shining from the west down to the east. <laughs> and I am so grateful to all of you for being here. Not our musicians, our film crew, our sound tech. It's just, but most of all, all of you who are watching with us, who are commenting, who are sharing this, who are letting our light get out wider. And I also want to make a special thanks to the people from spiritual communities throughout the Northwest in particular who are not able to do live streaming in their own community, so they're tuning into ours. And thank you. Thank you for being here because really we are unity. We are one. We are one spiritual movement. We are one planet, one people. And we are in this together. We are healing our world together. So this is a time when I invite you to make an offering. And you can text it by just texting 541-204-2345. Or you can send it through the mail to P.O. Box 7558, Bend, Oregon, 97708. This is a time when we get to practice being released. And it's a time that's, for many of you, you've lost your jobs this week. You've been laid off. And in some families, both breadwinners have lost their jobs. And so we are, we are sitting in a position where we feel like, well, where's the money going to come from? What do we do now? We are right at a point of dire fear because this is how our society has been organized. This is what the, the Israelites went through when they left Egypt. They were on their way to freedom, right? But then what are they going to eat? Uh-oh. And they start thinking about the flesh pots of Egypt. There was all this that they had, except they were enslaved to get it. And now they're free, but what are they going to rely on? And this manna from heaven appears. There is always somehow enough for their needs to be met. But they only get it one day at a time. And so they never know for sure until faith kicks in, will there be more? Will there be enough tomorrow? because we are used to stockpiling, whether it's money or toilet paper. That's what we do, because we don't have trust 
in the benevolence of the cosmos. And so this is your opportunity to get out of that constricted place of fear and step into the freedom of faith and giving. Be part of the flow. So if you, if you don't have any savings and now you don't have any job, don't write a check for $100 to Unity. But maybe you write a dollar just to be in the flow. Or maybe you don't do anything with money, but you, you go and do something kind for a neighbor, maintaining six feet distance. <laughs> but whatever it is, give. Just give. It's important that we be able to get messages and music like this out into the world. We are so appreciative of your generosity from last week. And knowing that we have a spiritual community, even though we can't see you physically, we feel you here. We feel your support. And it means the world to us. So thank you so much. Let's just sing together, I am so blessed. They are evidence of our faith and belief. They do good work in the world and return to us multiplied abundantly. And so it is. I want to just share with you before we have our final song and the prayer of protection, just a few announcements of ways that we at Unity want to give to you. One is there are a couple of classes that are happening. One is a spirit group host training that Kevin will be leading, and that is not tomorrow, but a week from tomorrow. And all of our programs now are going to be on Zoom. Nothing is happening in physical proximity. But um, you need to sign up for that, and you do it through our calendar at unitycentraloregon.com. When you take this training, even if you have been a spirit group host before, please take this training again because now you're going to have to know how to lead a spirit group in a Zoom room. And it's a different thing, and we need each other now. This social isolation is very difficult on human beings who are meant to be herd animals. We have to stay together. And so, if you will sign up for that host training, then you can host in a room in the internet and have others come together with you. It'll be fabulous. The following evening, there's gonna be a class that I'm offering on the teachings of Jesus. This will not be your traditional Bible study. It'll be a Jesus 2.1 for, for the 21st century, updated. What are the teachings of this man that can change our lives? Let's explore that together. So you can sign up for that. And um, let me see, there's one more thing. Um, oh, the healing group. Normally, today, if we were all physically together, they would be setting up and they would be offering uh, physical healing, hands-on healing, um, energetic healing. But we're not here. So they have 
come up with a way to offer remote healing. And there's a, a link that you'll see on the, the group page. You just send them an email, um, remotehealingrequests at gmail.com. And, and they will make an appointment for you with one of the healers and send you healing energy. So that is, that is our gift to you. We welcome donations. With the classes, well, the Jesus class at least, um, it was going to be a cost of $75, and we have completely waived that. If you want to make a donation, that's great. We accept, but we want everybody to be able to do this without money being an object. So we are working on prosperity circles that I'll be letting you know about in another week. And um, right after this, I'm going to be taping a story for our kids. And I have a challenge project for you. So watch for that in the group. And let's move into our final song. You want to do that first? Okay, the light of God surrounds me. God surrounds me. I am the light of God. I am the light of God. The love of God enfolds me. The love of God enfolds me. I am the love of God. I am the love of God. The power of God protects me. The power of God protects me. I am the power of God. I am the power of God. The presence of God watches over me. I am the presence of God. I am the presence of God. Wherever God is, I am. Wherever God is, I am. Because I am. Because I am. Thank you for being here today. We love you. Let's sing us ourselves out. Well, the light of the world. You are the light of the world. You are the light of the world. The light. You are the light of the world. You are the light of the world. You are the light of the world. You are the light. So let your light so shine. 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 Let your light shine. So let your light so shine. So let your light so let your light show shine. Let your light shine. Happy birthday, Donna Benjamin. Yeah, happy birthday. And good night, Mrs. Calabash, wherever you are. Come shine in from the west end.